cry, you know, kind of ignorance. Well, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. The truth is, we have to willfully reject God and His law. Because it's in our hearts. It's in our minds. So we, have to, we have to choose to turn away from it. And so it's the condition of the heart and mind that rejects God's salvation and God's plan for our lives. It's not ignorance. It's the condition of our hearts that makes us, that we choose to reject God's plan. And so it's very important that we understand this because, uh, you know, God looks down and we think, well, this is the same comment, you know, trying to go to the villages and things. You think, well, what about these people have never heard? It's written in their hearts. And, and God will give them light to understand so long as they will receive that light to understand. He will. He'll, you know, they, wherever they are, wherever they are in this world, he will, whatever, if they will receive it, they won't reject it. It's when our hearts turn toward evil. When we receive God's plan of salvation, our sins and iniquities, this is a wonderful statement. When we see, receive God's plan of salvation, our sins and iniquities are forgiven and wonderfully forgotten by God. This is, you know, folks, some, good night. Could I get a grunt out of somebody? You know, that's a good thing if God forgets it, isn't it? Yeah, thank you, Linda. You know, somebody wave something. Grab your husband's handkerchief. Check and see if it's clean. And uh, now, you know, the truth is, that's an exciting thing that God, God forgets it. And, and just, folks, you know, some of you sitting here right now, you need to forget your own sin. You know what? The, the devil is just keeps beating you up with the past. We need to, there's, we need to be like God. Amen? I'm going to start asking for the amens. We need to be like God. Amen? Thank you. Uh, we need to be like God in the fact that he forgets. And watch this. He chooses to forget. You know, don't let every time the past tries to come up in your mind, if you've asked God for forgiveness, do you understand? He already forgot that. It's already been cleansed. As we say, it's under the blood. It's hidden by the blood. God that chooses not to remember it again. We need to choose not to remember it. Because that's a tool of the devil to beat you down. I've said this so often, and please get it, but, but God will convict you of sin. But once you confess your sin, when you keep feeling guilty of it, guilt is of Satan, conviction is of God. When you keep feeling guilty for something that God's already forgotten, how can you be guilty for something God don't even know about? Are you okay with that? Yeah. When we went through the salvation in Christ, we had the opportunity. Uh, the next thing that we see in this passage was that the salvation for Christ, we had the opportunity to come boldly before the Lord. Uh, as chapter 4, verse 16, uh, notice this, the title of this, and in case you guys need title, it's, it's let us. Let us. In this, in chapter 4, verse 16 of Hebrews, it says, let us. Therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and, a, and of help uh, to help in the time of need. God said, let us. Now, what is that word let us? That word let us means to consent, to draw near. It means that we choose to draw near. We choose to come close. We choose to, to be there next to. And God says, we need to let us. We need to choose to draw near the throne of grace. 
and, and that's in this passage also. So the great challenge to every Christian and the great need of the hour that even this morning is that we would be a people that let us, let us, let us. Look at verse 22. Look at verse 22. This is the first place. Uh, we kind of did the first part of that, 16 to, to 21. We just kind of ran through that very quickly and just kind of gave a background. But this is all building uh, right here. The, the context just keeps building. But it says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He says, let us, and you know, the definition of let us is to draw near or to consent to draw near. So here, and even in the, in the way it's written, let us consent to draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, you don't need to turn to it, but you're probably familiar with it. But it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And notice this, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Very plainly, we, we need to give consent to having a true faith, a faith, watch this, God's saying here that we need to have a faith that's transforming, not conforming. Watch this, folks. We've gotten into a, a lot of people struggle with religion, with Christianity, with independent fundamental Baptists. They struggle because they walk into church and they, they desire God, but they, they live a life. Their faith only goes so far as to conform. But that's not what God wants. He wants you transformed. Watch this, by the renewing of your mind. God says that you need to decide daily on a daily basis. I don't want to live like I was living. I want to live differently. I don't want to be like I was. I want to be different. I want to be more like Christ. I choose it in my mind. You know what he's saying? Let us draw near. Draw near to living for God. Draw near to, to being more like Christ. And, and watch, it is transforming, not conforming. What he's talking about is a faith that cleanses us, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Look at that. That's why it's, it's transforming. Because God says, here's the kind of faith that I really need you to have. I need you to have a faith that, that absolutely uh, will have your heart sprinkled from it. He's saying, sprinkled. Can you imagine being washed by the blood of Christ? Can you imagine that God just kind of sprinkles the, the blood of Christ on your heart? And he says, what I want you to do is I want your hearts cleansed of an evil conscience. And he said, I need you to do that. But you know what that's going to take? It's going to take the right kind of faith. It's going to take a faith that really believes God can do all that he said he can do. It's going to take a faith that really believes that when he cleanses you, he cleanses you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, the tips of your toes, the tips of your fingers, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your tongue, your mind, your heart. He cleanses it. He cleanses all of it. It's a faith that cleanses us. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. 
And that's what he wants. We want a faith that cleanses. Uh, We need to have our minds cleansed. Folks, uh, evil thoughts and evil conscience can enter into our minds in a moment. We've got to continually, through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, to, to cleanse that out. We've got to keep it out. Don't let that build up. But number two, I've got to move on. Number two, we need a faith that's based in God and his promises. He says our bodies washed with pure water. That's the water of the word, folks. I, I'm telling you, what will cleanse you, and physically it will cleanse you, mentally it cleanse you, in your heart it will cleanse you, but it will, it, watch it. The, 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 uh, we always talk about, well, God looks upon the heart. Well, watch this. He also said man looks upon the outward appearance. It, it, it wasn't saying that God doesn't care about the other's appearance. He's just looking at you and saying, man can't see your heart. He can only see your outward appearance, and the cleansing ought to take place in your own body also. There ought to be a difference. The, he says, in our bodies washed with pure water, it's not our own effort. It's not our, again, it's not our good works and our conformity is when the Word of God through faith continues to work in us. I preached a long time ago a message called, uh, you know, a, a physics message, action, reaction. You know, if the Word of God really cleanses me, then, it, then there, if that action inside of me, there should be a reaction visibly. Now, I want, when I preach this way, it, 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 here's what happens. We all start thinking about, well, you know, I really, you know, I think Brother Hopper ought to, you know, clean up more. I think, I think Joe ought to get better at this. Watch this, folks. It's not anybody else. It's you. It's me. We're not, this is, this is only, this is not for us to look at other people and evaluate them. This is for us to look at our own heart. Okay, because everybody's at different. You say, well, I've heard this so many times. Well, you know, he didn't get what I got. We probably didn't because he probably got something better than what you got. But the, the, he didn't get what I got. And, and, and if he was really saved, he wouldn't be doing that. Well, watch this, folks. He may have a weakness where you have a strength and so you really feel superior. But let me just help you. You've got a weakness where he's got a strength. And, and, and just because you can hide your weakness better than he hides his. Now, I'm not one that says that, well, I'm just going to be who I am. Look, you ought to be who you are, but that ought to be somebody that's trying to live like Jesus. Just saying I'm going to live like the devil to be who I am. Well, that don't make good sense. Okay? And so we, we, that's not what God's talking about at all. Are y'all with me this morning? Now, so we're going to move on with it. It says... And, look at verse 23, and let us. Look at that. Uh, He says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Be faithful to trust in the Lord in good times and the bad. We must have faith and believe, for he says, listen, God is so much, he's trying to get through to us. Let us, let us move closely to uh, him in this, in believing his word. When God says something, he means it. And when God says something, he can make it happen. And he's, I, I tell so many, especially young people today, and come off the bus routes, and I'll tell them, look, just granted, uh, you've been lied to your whole life by a whole lot of people, but I'm telling you, God is different. He cannot lie. 
And so he will do what he says he'll do. Look at what he says. He says in Romans 8, 8, 28, another very familiar verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God will keep his word, the good that he will work, though. Watch this. God keeps his word. He will work all things together for good to those that love him. Here's, here's the problem. We, won't, we, we say, well, God didn't work it together for good. What's your relationship toward him? You see, when we, when we have, and everybody has trials and, and situations. Mike and, and them, some of you probably didn't hear about this, but Mike, went, they went to Africa, and, and they took a boy from another church, a younger man, and uh, he went, and they got stopped. And, and Ghana, because when they got there, in his carry-on baggage, he had knives. That's not a wise thing to do on, a tr- on an overseas trip. And so the crazy thing is, he got all the way to Ghana with knives in his carry-on bag. That's amazing. He got on the plane with a machete. Our security is wonderful. But here's the thing. Everybody in Ghana owns a machete. But they stopped him because, you know, because they were bringing weapons of warfare into their country. No, they didn't. They stopped him so they could get some more bribe. And so the, the fact that, you know, so they, they had to stay there for a long, long time. Uh, and uh, the, part of the reason is, is because Mike will not pay them. And he'll keep telling them, and they told him he was a, a wicked missionary because he brought people in with weapons. And so... Uh, and so, but, you know, he had to, you know what the proclaimer is? You know, it reads off their Bible, you know, in their language. He had to give them a proclaimer, and they let them go. And so uh, uh, that's a good thing. If you've got to be, if you've got to bribe somebody, and that's what he does anyway. He gives out Bibles. You know, he tells you, you know, when the police stop him over there, they want money, and he'll give them a Bible. And uh, so, now, and then when they get to the house, the, the, the water's out, the electricity's out, the generator doesn't work, the, the car doesn't work nothing's working so god bless the brown family and so so now all those kind of things happen to us all i mean they're trying to do a good work and they're in you know it's they're they're having some issues right now but watch this if they will keep their faith in god god says if you'll just keep drawing close to me i'm going to work this out it's when we turn our backs on him and we keep going away from him. And he's saying, how am I going to work this out from you when you keep getting further away from me? And so that's what God's saying here. He's saying that he's going to work it together. So let us, let us consent to draw near to God in faith, trusting in his word. He never fails. He never gives up on us. He never stops loving us. That's another good thing. Amen. He never stops. He is always willing to draw nigh to us. The question is, will we draw nigh to him? He he says he will draw nigh to us, but will we draw nigh to him? Then look at verse 24. Let us again. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So God says draw nigh to consider and consider means to fix one's eyes and mind upon. So the Lord's saying, get focused on me. You know, folks, the, the, the greatest thing in the world is, is just trying to get, if you can ever get somebody to just focus. 
You know, it, it's the great desire of a preacher. Thinking just, I, I, I want to do like the little kids do, you know, the story. You know, the kid walks up and puts his hand on you and says, look at me and listen to me. <laughs> look at me and listen to me. All right. I want so badly. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work. But anyway. Pray for Colby. He's going to Africa Wednesday. Thank God. All right, now. So, this is a positive and and, and active instruction that's taking place here. He says, draw near to look upon one another, to actively provoke to good works. You You know, so much of the time, and we're about to get to the key verse here, But this has all been building up to this verse because God is going to say that a wonderful place, a primary place that we can do what he's been commanding us to do about our faith and about our cleansing and about and provoking it. He's about to tell us where to do that. You see, he he doesn't just want us to come together he doesn't just want us to come and, and see each other or cross paths and not do something obnoxious to each other or not be unkind. Well, I wasn't unkind to them. No, the issue is, were you kind? I didn't do anything to them, understand, but did you do anything for them? And see, he said provoke. That word provoke means to like to incite a riot. That means, that means to try to, to really get something going. That means to stir something up. And God's saying, I, you know, when you come, you, you need to provoke one another to good works. And can I tell you the best way to provoke one another to good works is by good works. And when we do good works, good things to people and for people, it provokes them to do good things for somebody else. So that, the attitude today is, I have a right to live the way I want. Without concern is how it affects others. It permeates us probably more than anything that I've ever seen before and 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 I guess I got a little more taste of it because we lived up in the north but you know the truth is the south still has a little bit of that you know that that feeling like I do think that maybe possibly I may cross your path again so maybe I should treat you at least decent now, in the north, they're like, there's so many people up here, we'll never see you again, so we really don't care what you think. Anybody, anybody else live in the north? Okay. Now, sadly, it's really not north. It's cities. Wherever you have a lot of people, you have more of that attitude. But it should never be in the church. You know, the truth is, I ought to care how I affect other people. I ought to care how I, in, it, what I incite people, what I, what I inv- provoke people to do. I ought to care about that. And so that leads us to the, to the last verse here. 
You see, no man's an island. No man lives without influencing someone for good or bad. You know, the truth is you're going to have an influence over somebody today. And when you leave today, you're going to influence them. They, they may, you may influence them to be depressed. You may influence them to smile. You may influence them to laugh. You may influence them to just say, praise God, I can go on. Or you may influence them to say, okay, I was ready to quit, and now I know I'm going to. What's the, what is your example doing for others? No man lives without influencing somebody for good or for bad. I've, I've taught for this for many years, and, and I really have seen it to be true, and, and, I, and I'd already seen it the reason I began to teach it, but I've seen it just compounded. I've seen it more and more. But normally those who follow you will mimic your greatest strengths and your greatest weaknesses. Your children, they're going to mimic your greatest strengths and your greatest weaknesses. Anybody recognize that in your kids? Anybody ever, you know, you think, oh, man, I'm so glad they got that determination and that courage. I wish they weren't so stinking hard-headed. I wish they weren't so stubborn. Now, where'd they get that? Mm, from their mama. Thank you. From their mama. I kept trying to find out. Thank you. You provoked me to good works. Now, I must strive to strengthen those weaknesses in me for they will influence the ones I love the most. And so I, I, I've got to provoke people to good works. And, and in order to do that, one of the things that I have to do is I have to look at my life and say, uh, you know, can I do this? Can I do? There are a lot of things I can do, but I, it, they really would not be wise for me to do. You understand that, that that's a lot of what the, you know, the attack and the criticism, it goes against, against uh, uh, people that have standards and convictions. It, it's like, uh, oh, you got all these rules, you know, they're, they're, they're legalism. No, they're not. They're very simple. If they're properly, properly taught, if they're properly impl implemented, they're not. What, the, what they are, they're, they're simply some things that I decided that I should not do because they might influence somebody else to go beyond them. There's some things that I, that I, that I could do. The, the truth is, uh, you know, I, I can uh, take off my suit, take off my tie. I'd have other stuff on, folks. But, the, uh, but I could take off my there, There's nothing wrong with that. But what, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to influence people. I'm trying to inspire people. I can do a lot of different things, but, but there's some things I've chosen not to do because it may influence somebody to go further down a road than to a point where eventually, look, it, it, it may influence them to further go into something that actually is wrong. I am to provoke others to good works. Finally, the whole passage comes to kind of a conclusion by an application being made to the church. Look at verse 25. Verse 25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
God's talked about faith. He's talked about cleansing. He's, he's talked about that personally, that we ought to personally have faith. We ought to personally let the Word of God cleanse us and change us and, and transform us rather than, than just conforming to, to what people want us to be or what people expect us to be or what we think somebody expects us to be. God says you need to be transformed. And then he says you ought to provoke one another to good works. And then he brings it all as a culmination nation here in verse 25 he says look let me tell you here's a great place this is where you can really do everything that I just told you about because you're supposed to come and teach the word and learn the word of God when you come together when you assemble together you know what that word assembly is ecclesia that word means the church and so he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, not forsaking coming to church as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. An extremely important uh, issue in, in God's design way and plan that we can let us hold to our faith be cleansed by the word, provoke each other to good works. This is all God's design. And it's by gathering together. Here's how to do it. Gather together, gather together more and more. Do you know what, folks? The reason we keep having services Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we have not diminished them because we don't need less and less. We need more and more. And watch this. We don't need more and more to check in and check out. That's performance. That's conformity. That's pride. That's fulfilling an obligation. No, we need, we need to gather together in faith. Gather together for cleansing through the truth of the word of God. Gather together to exhort one another, to encourage one another, to incite one another to good works and to faith. That's what we're supposed to do. And look, that doesn't mean that you, oh, you think, oh, man, he's preaching this because I missed last week. No, look, that's not it. That's conformity. I want you to understand God's given us this opportunity to gather together. And we're saying, look, we, we try to, we have, it's not just Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. We got Bible study on Wednesday night before that. And we got ladies meetings. And we got, why are we doing this? Because we're in a world that is declining and de begin degraded and degenerate. And God says, as you see the day approaching, get together more and more. And here's your main purpose. Increase your faith. Increase your holiness, your cleansing. And encourage one another to good works. Encourage each other. It's not a ritual to go through. It's, it's something that we each need so desperately that we say, we cling to it and say, Lord, I, I need that. And, you know, in my early years, I'd heard, hear old preachers say this, and I heard my, my preacher for years say, he said, I have people that will tell me, thank God for Wednesday night because I can barely get through the week, and Wednesday night sort of recharges me. Wednesday night sort of helps me. Charlie nodding his head. You know why? Because Charlie works out in the world and just gets beat up week after week, day after day. And you know what? Wednesday night, he walks in the door and he just somebody to encourage him. Somebody to, to provoke him to good works. Somebody look at him and say, hang on, man. 
God's still in control. God's going to take care of you. You just keep doing right no matter what people do to you. So it's not less and less as the manner is today, but more and more as the world is driven deeper and deeper into evil. So the question comes, can you, will you, encourage, incite someone to greater faith? And how? By your words and your actions. Will you encourage or incite someone to greater purity, holiness, cleansing in the word, by the word, and by your words? Will you encourage someone today, or even as the word exhort means, to beg somebody? That's what it really means, to beg. Beg someone toward good works. You know, if we just take the time, and I'm hoping, I, I joke with Kobe a lot, but I'm thrilled that he's going Thursday because Mike and Grant and the other boy, they're going to be pretty weary by the time he gets there. Just him coming in and his spirit and his strength and his energy will encourage them. It'll encourage them. You know, many hands make light work. And so when you got more people working, it's going to be an encouragement. You know, we just, we need to encourage each other. We need to just take this opportunity. Don't walk out the door today without being an encouragement to somebody. I had planned as an illustration, I was going to give somebody $20 today just to encourage them. So I went to my change jar that I have $20 in. It's a great big jar. It used to have a lot more in it till grandkids came. And my wife keeps bribing them with my quarters. But I, I, I buried a $20 bill in there because my coins are diminishing, so I buried a $20 bill. I looked all over that thing for that $20 bill. It wasn't there. It was gone. So somebody I was going to encourage today is not going to get encouraged. But I'm sure there's somebody here that can, can, could encourage me. <laughs> but we need to. Now, the greatest encouragement that we could give is when we go out and witness. God bless you. Praise the Lord. That just means I got to give it to somebody. That stinks. You could have waited till after the service. You know? Wow.
That'll be a coffee in London when you land there. Just a warning, when it says $3 and something, that's not dollars. You know, the greatest encouragement we could give, if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, my life was transformed on November the 8th, 1975, when I trusted Jesus. If you would let somebody encourage you with the gospel today. Take the word of God and show you how you could know 100% sure you're going to heaven. If you know that, before you walk out the door today, provoke somebody to good works. Provoke somebody. Father, I ask you to bless us more. And Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your goodness. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that would always